0: turtle how we doing my man doing great matt how you doing man
1: yeah i'm doing well i'm doing well so talk to me you you, you're just getting in from from nashville what what was going on out there
0: yeah i was in nashville you ever been to that city first off
1: i have i love it i had a good old time went to the grand Ole opry when i was out there you know all the bars and whatnot too titan stadium it's a crazy place it's, it's a great city
0: It truly is, yeah. But I was out there for uh, a work uh, trade show for the uh, National Propane Gas Association. So just a bunch of bigwigs, you know, out there just hanging. But uh, everybody gets crazy during trade shows, so it was a fun time.
1: So did you guys get out there for some uh, Nashville hot chicken?
0: Ate some Nashville hot chicken, ate some barbecue, saw the Nashville Predators play, and then we went and saw this extremely questionable um, comedian at uh, this place called Zanies, which is pretty famous, I guess. I don't know if you ever heard of Shane Gillis, but the guy is great.
1: So you had a good time.
0: Yeah, we did. We had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I had a, I had a good Nashville hot chicken experience and, you know, all the fixings on the side. It's, it's a great place. Honestly, um, I don't know if I could pull off living there, but certainly a great
0: place to visit on vacation. Fully agree. It it knocks you out after two days. I don't think you need more than three days max in that city. Uh,
1: You just you get down there. You feel like you got to go hard. You do go hard, and uh, yeah, like you said, knocks you right down. Yes, sir. So who? uh, So how'd the the Predators game go? I don't know. Did you have a dog in that fight, or is that just like hey, the local sports teams playing? I'm not a big hockey guy, but I know the playoffs are approaching or here. Or you
0: tell me if you know more about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, definitely a hockey fan. Not as much as I am football, obviously. But um, I grew up watching the Rangers. But uh, Nashville played played the Minnesota Wild. And they're both vying for... A, I think Nashville is vying for a spot to get into the playoffs. Um, the Wild are already clinched. So, ended up happening was... Nashville ended up losing with 1.3 seconds left in overtime. So the wild score. But that, that's, that, that place is electric. I promise you that fan base is, is very, very good.
1: Well, let's hope they make the, uh, the playoffs then. So we get the, you know, you want good fans in so you get good atmospheres for when the Bruins can, you know, ultimately win. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of housekeeping on our end, uh, for the listeners, you'll notice that it's just me and turtle, um, moving forward. It's just going to be the two of us with occasional guest speakers. Um, BD had to, you know, bow out and we respect him for that. He he just let us know, you know, with family commitments and kids and, and work and everything. Um, the necessary time commitment just wasn't there. He's going to be back to guest for sure every now and then. Just the week to week and all the stuff in between that goes into it um, on the socials and whatnot as well. I was just, you know... It couldn't fit on his plate right now the plate was too full so we thank bd for for being with us obviously the first what was it you know eight episodes or so getting this thing off the ground um and then turtle you and i are going to be taking it from here ramping it up putting some time into this and uh we got we got something in the works we got a little uh website in the works you want to
0: say a little piece on that yeah i'm very excited you know um We started this, you know, just as as messing around, just trying to really, you know, connect on a level that we all relate to, which is football and fantasy football, for that matter. But you know what? Now I I feel like we're going to just dump a little bit of time and effort into it and we're going to see what happens. I mean, we already gained the Twitter following by a decent margin in the first month. So just from seeing that, um I think we realized that there is a, a lot of uh, good information out there and we want to be a part of that good information. So hopefully this website gets off the ground soon. We'll do a subscription based platform. We will start doing tiered rankings. Um, and, you know, I think we have a lot of good things to bring to the table.
1: Yeah. We got some, uh, we got some merch up. So you might see some dynasty drama merch rocking around uh, picks and in, in your local areas. And, I've gotten some, you know, really good feedback. I got a, some very picky people with design and everything, and they all say that it's a very clean, crisp look. So, Turtle, good job on that. We gotta, we gotta get it out to uh, to, to the folks here who help us. You know, especially uh, Rosie uh, Eric, yes. who's our our guy behind the scenes here, absolute sound magician. You know, getting the sound quality up and and giving us um, tips on on how to make things all better from. Uh, from a sound engineering and sound quality standpoint, so we're 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 trying to get better each and every episode, with not just the, the content of the quality content quality, but the overall you know audio quality, everything like that. So whether you're listening on Spotify, listening on Apple Podcasts, or here with us on Colin, uh, you'll get the best listening experience. So with the website, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put that out there. There's going to be some uh, at the start, definitely um, you know free content and as as we get bigger you know we'll we'll introduce more and more stuff for for some of the subscriber based things we're really you know we're really excited about the tiers piece that that turtle dropped we think that we're going to bring a, a real new element in terms of you as a player looking at rankings uh in the dynasty format looking at tiers differently looking at your top 200 differently and being able to look at a player and say okay i have these people I want to go get this guy. How do I do that? There's a lot of time. it's like, hey, I want to tear jump. I want to go get the RB1 or the RB2 in the rankings. I just don't know where to start. I don't know what's a fair offer. I don't know what is an overpay. Uh, we're going to help you get there. So little, little teaser there, A little bit of a spoiler um, on, on some of the content that's going to come. But, but, you know, there's a lot more. There's going to be your rankings that will update week to week as things happen um there's going to be like i said the the store is up there um we'll we'll have a subscription for a newsletter of all things and and changes that we're making etc but yeah really good really good stuff turtle uh i'm excited for it as am i all right so the -hmm. the um the size of the pod is is smaller so that our traditional one hour plus you know we might uh, be able to actually condense it and turtle you've been for a while now trying to keep us under that one hour mark. We might actually be able to do that with the with the two of us, so we'll 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 take today as kind of an experiment and see how it goes. The the main topic of conversation today, and, and we're we're sitting here on Wednesday, the day before the NFL draft. We wanted to talk about the top twelve dynasty QB rankings. And I think it's a safe topic for pre-draft. I don't expect any of the QBs in this draft to uh, move those rankings at all, right? So we, I think the only rookie we've talked about in any of our rankings so far has been Brees Hall um, as uh, a top 12 RB in only uh, one of our rankings of the three lists that we reviewed. But definitely I don't think, you know, the Malik Willises and the Matt Corrals and the Kenny Picketts are going to disrupt our top 12. So I think we're pretty safe here. I'm not saying this is going to be evergreen rankings, but I, I think we're, we've got a pretty safe um, basis on which to start. And Turtle, the, the one thing as we looked at these rankings to build the consensus is we agreed on, on 10 spots. We agreed on actually the top 10 spots. It was not you know uh, the, the same in every ranking, but the individuals in my top 10 are the same individuals and in possibly a different order of your top 10. Where we deviated was 11 and 12, where we each had two guys differently. So we'll, we'll talk about all the guys and why we rank them there. Um, why don't you start us off? It was the consensus one-on-one on on both of our boards. Uh, Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh Allen, I, I truly believe is the clear-cut number one quarterback in all in all formats, yeah. especially <laughs> dynasty formats, superflex dynasty formats. Um, the man, you know, last year he was averaging twenty-four fantasy points per game which is just unheard of and absurd and he's just such an amazing guy to watch because you know he hasn't even gotten his accuracy to be full go yet and yet he is still just carrying his team and you know with him he's got he's got big big rushing upside as well i don't know if he'll ever hit that 700 and 700 plus Yard rushing mark again, especially if Brees Hall does end up on Buffalo. But you know, I think Josh Allen is the safest play in all formats.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly i was I was thinking about you know Brees Hall and uh, going to Buffalo, you know, it, as a possibility. It's obviously it's mocked there a lot, and uh, I thought, man, you know, sure it would be a high flying offense, but I kind of was thinking it. Possibly the inverse of the way you said it, Turtle. which was, man, I'd hate to be that Brees Hall owner who just gets pissed because six to ten times per year Josh Allen is taking the the you know the five the five yard line or in he's he's taking that touchdown over Brees Hall. I think there could be you know I think he's going to maintain a high floor. I agree with you. Now, last year, Allen, from a rushing standpoint. Only six touchdowns, you know. Um, not his, his highest. He's certainly capable of, of double digits or more. Uh, Jalen Hurts, speaking of double digits, was was at that 10 uh, rush TDs. And we'll talk about Jalen a little bit later. But from a yardage standpoint, 763 yards, which is, is big. Um, and, and obviously, the accuracy and the arm improved. He's got a great receiving core. Uh, Cole Beasley left. They extended McKenzie. They brought in Crowder. A lot of continuity there. Um, Gabe Davis took a step up in the playoffs. We'll see if it's a real thing. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is solid as they come. So he's, he's I agree, he's firmly up there. If you're in the Dynasty startup Superflex format, he's the 101 um, by, by a long margin. Uh, he's probably the most valuable commodity. In, in a super flex Dynasty format because he combines such tremendous upside with, with such a young age. He's only 25 right now. And he's built like an absolute tank, 6'5", over 235 pounds. Um, he can continue to run because he's, he's built like a running back. Uh, he's built bigger than a running back, really. So I got nothing bad to say about Allen, except um, I, I, I wish he was on my team.
0: Yeah, and the craziest part about Josh Allen, especially in our league, because I like going back and forth and, and you know, just kind of giving some real-life examples of, of players in our league because I think it just makes it, it a little bit better. Um, Josh Allen is extremely unattainable in our league. The, the owner the owner that has him won't even entertain offers, which I can fully respect because, like we just said, he is the clear-cut, highest-rated, highest-ranked commodity in this whole space. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. But it
0: would be nice to have an opportunity to be able to get him.
1: Yeah, he seems pretty unattainable. Um, So now let's talk about the – we had a tie, actually, I should say, on our consensus number two. We had Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes come in at an exact tie for the number two. So I had Justin Herbert number two in my list. You had him at number four. And we both had Patrick Mahomes at the three spot in both of our lists. So, starting with, with Justin Herbert, I mean, I can't recall, turtle in recent memory, a guy with such a great start to his career as Justin Herbert had. 38 pass TDs against only 15 interceptions on over 5,000 passing yards. Now, in terms of passing yards, that was second in the lead, um, trailing only Tom Brady. And just uh, how amazing Tom Brady is, he had over 300 yard, more yards than Justin Herbert. But um, Herbert actually, you know, he, got, he showed some mobility last year on the ground. Um, he gave you over 300 yards on the ground to go along with three TDs. And I think he was just kind of tapping into that rushing upside. The other thing about Justin Herbert is his receiving core is – it's tops. You know, they, he's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams, um, re-signed there. The the key weapon he's got that a lot of other teams don't is just that elite pass-catching running back. I mean, the damage that Austin Eckler does with the ball in his hands, little dump-offs and stuff, and, and Herbert being the recipient of all those catch-and-runs is just – there's not a lot of other quarterback – quarterbacks in the league that that have that
0: at their disposal so yeah that's true that's very true you
1: you have a coach that he plays the way we like to play madden right it's fourth down hell no am i punting i'm going for it right and it's not just good for herbert it's good for everyone in that offense because they're getting more plays on the field when you have brendan staley going for it on fourth down eight nine ten times a game you're failing some of those drives, there, but they're on there for extra plays. A lot of those drives, though you're converting and you're extending, and the more time your players are on the field, the more likely they are to accumulate fantasy points. So Justin Herbert, my number two. Turtle, you want to you wanna comment on him, and then we'll talk about Mahomes.
0: No, I think Herbert is just a great player. Um, you know, he has shown that he could be such an amazing player in the NFL. And like you said, he's got such a good surrounding cast around him. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about, honestly, Austin Eckler. I was just thinking that he's got Keenan Allen, who's a target hog, and then he's got Mike Williams, who's also a target hog. So, mm. you know, it makes for a good recipe. I think they, they just lost Jared Cook, so we'll see um, what they do at, at tight end um, in the long term. But see, I think uh, – Gar- say it again. There, does Gerald Everett move the needle for you at all? Uh he doesn't move the needle. He doesn't move the needle for me, but I mean we haven't really seen him play on a on a great offense and be that tight end uh one, you know. He's had some good games and some good weeks, but what was he on the Seahawks and then the Rams? So He was on
1: the Rams with Goff, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I mean he hasn't really had a a uh quarterback like Justin Herbert. So maybe it will move the needle for us, but um not right now. Um but yeah, I just think Herbert is um going to be a top 5 quarterback for the next decade. He's he's so young and he's 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 already proven to be elite. You know, you know, I
1: have a sneaking suspicion too that the Chargers they're going wide receiver with their first round pick. I mean, you got Keenan Allen who's 29 years old. And you got Mike Williams who yeah, they re-signed, but man that guy is an injury waiting to happen. He is. You've invested a lot in the defense because man that that AFC West is going to be crazy from an offensive perspective. And you want to have those extra um, talented wide receivers to go around with an agent Keenan Allen and a possibly, you know, you got to count Mike Williams out for a few games per year. If they go and they grab someone, because um, they don't pick very highly, but say, say Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the trio of Chris Olave, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams? I mean, it that that's going to be top 5 in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they do grab one of the uh highly ranked uh wide receivers this year, it's going to be it's going to be great, but I also do think that Josh Palmer deserves a shot. He showed some pretty good flashes last year. Um, you know, he's going to still be on his rookie contract for a bit, so I wouldn't mind seeing them give him an opportunity before uh, drafting another wide receiver and, and focus on some other positions of need. Sure.
1: Okay. So can't go wrong with Herbert. Solid all around. And this next guy you can't go wrong with either. Now he comes in at my number three and your number three turtle as well, Patrick Mahomes. You know, he had a tough year last year. He um, he faced a lot of cover-two cover defense. Um, that's when the, the defenses are playing two men deep. They're taking away the big play, and they're making you take the smaller plays, take what's in front of you. The defense is saying, you know what, we're not going to let you beat us on the big play. And then when the field shortens, when we get into the red zone, we're going to hold you to three points instead of it's seven. And... Mm. He had a a real hard time adjusting to that over the first, call it, seven weeks. And then Andy Reid and him got together, and you can see that Tyreek Hill, and this is why I like Tyreek Hill this year, he turned away from being an over-the-top deep threat, and he turned into a short-to-mid-level-of-the-field kind of guy, and that's probably the role in which he's going to play now in Miami. Bringing it back to to Mahomes, the, the great players, they rise above. And Mahomes has shown that he's great. You know, he he won um, a Super Bowl early in his career. He's been to three straight AFC championships. The guy gets it done. But he's now without probably one of the most unique, if not the most explosive weapons in the league with Tyreek Hill. However... Andy Reid has shown to be an offensive genius, so I found it really hard to move the 26-year-old Patrick Mahomes with a resume like he has any lower than three. And the only reason he's below Herbert is because I see, if anything, Mahomes' value staying flat and Herbert's value potentially rising um, year over year. Mm. So – I mean, they got to do something in the draft. I think it's one of the most obvious destinations aside from Green Bay that needs a wide receiver badly. They're going to get him some help. Um, They've already started getting him some help in kind of free agency with Juju Smith-Schuster and others. But, I mean, Mahomes, you're going to be able to pencil pencil him in for 4,500 yards. You're going to be able to pencil him in for 30-plus touchdowns. He had 37 this past year. He gets a little bit for you on the ground um, uh, in, in terms of the rushing TD department. Um, I think last year he was around two. Let me check that. He was, yep, two touchdowns, and he put up 381 yards on the ground. So Mahomes can scramble and get you some extra points. There's nothing wrong with, uh, with Mahomes as your QB1. In a super flex, you're extremely happy with him as your QB1. And uh, there, there's probably very, very few people that you want more than Mahomes. Turtle, that's, that's my take on the guy. You had him right there at number three. So what did I not cover?
0: No, you covered all of it. But, I mean, just going back from when he uh, took over as the chief starting quarterback, uh, from a dynasty perspective or fantasy perspective, he finished as QB1, QB6, QB1, then QB5. That just proves to me that the guy's getting it done year after year. Um, obviously, the Chiefs will replenish their lost weapons in this year's draft, I mean, they already took a couple of chances with adding Juju. We'll see what Kelsey does, which is going to be dominate again because we already established that you can't double team in the NFL. So Kelsey's going to eat for the next couple of years. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes still probably hasn't reached his fullest potential. Some of the throws that guy makes and some of the athleticism that guy shows is just on another level. And, you know, I would be very, very happy if I had him as my QB1 in in this uh, Dynasty format, Superflex yeah. format.
1: Now, you want to freestyle a little bit, Turtle, on that? Uh, on that, you know, we're, we're going off script a little bit here, but you brought up a good point with the double team. We had a nice, engaging, I'll call it, conversation on the socials. It was around um, a sophomore wide receiver who could – or it was a current wide receiver one, actually – who, if their current team drafts a high-round rookie, who is going to you know, be negatively impacted the most, right? And, and I, I was kind of elevating Devontae Smith, saying he's the one that I worry about the most. Jalen Hurts could barely support him. If they go get a Garrett Wilson or, or some other alpha, I don't think that bodes well. And then we had someone in the comments say, you know, vehemently disagree. Don't like that at all because here and why, you know, it's going to free up targets. Basically, last year, Devontae Smith got doubled on every play, right? So I'll throw it over to you. We, we looked into the facts. We, we, we got some uh, pro football focus, uh, actual statistical data. We saw that Devontae Adams was the most double team targeted um Wide receiver in the entire league, and that was on less than fifteen percent of his plays on the entire season.
0: Yeah, wasn't it eleven?
1: Was it eleven percent, Matt? I think it was. You tell me. I, I was under fifteen. I think yeah, was Cooper Cup I think was, was at the bottom of the list, around or, uh, fifth on the list. We were covering the top five, and he was just under ten. So there was, you know, the, your usual suspects of your alpha ones were at the top. But they're getting covered, Let, let's round it up, to 15% of the time. That means 85% of the time they're in signal coverage. So, the uh, you know, that's not us. That's not us. Anecdotally, that is hard data showing you that your eyes are telling you, you that the guy that you like is double teamed more often than not. However, the actual data shows through... How these defenses scheme to take away the alpha wide receivers, you just can't – do you can't – it's not Madden. You can't keep selecting the same play and shutting the offense down over and over. This is a professional organization, and they will break the mold at some point. Um, and we see that that mold breaking probably happens around the, uh, the 15% mark. Uh, that's when Aaron Rodgers chucks one up deep to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and the defense smartens up and says, well, we can't let that guy beat us over the top again in the second, third, and fourth quarter because he just did it now. Um, and I think that's a good enough um, a walk down that road. We we brought up MVS. He's the other weapon that they brought into Kansas City to bring it back full circle to Patrick Mahomes along with Juju Smith-Schuster, right? So you got MVS there. Is he replacing uh, Tyreek one-for-one, one, Turtle? That's a very easy question, but I'll throw it over to you. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, he is not replacing Tyreek one for one. Not not anybody right now could replace uh, Tyreek Hill, um, what that guy's capable of doing. And, uh, you know, the whole double team thing is just a perspective of what people want to hear in their own head. But like you said, these guys are professional athletes. These defenses are professional. They're not going to just put a double team on Travis Kelsey every single play. They'll get burned somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah. it's just uh, – it's just, you know, it's it's just funny. It's funny to think yeah. that that's what people think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, people hear what they want to hear. They see what they want to see. Um, we at the Dynasty Drama Podcast are looking to bring data to the conversation. Um, we love drama as much as the next guy, but we'll resolve it a lot of the times with actual facts. So, you know, happy, happy to have the conversation. And the guy was a good sport about it. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think there was an agree-to-disagree moment eventually. So let's move on. We'll, we'll move on to in the top 12 QBs, Dynasty rankings, slot number four. And this is where we started to deviate a little bit um, a little bit more widely. Turtle, Lamar Jackson slotted in as number four. Now, you had him up at number two. I had him down at number seven. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you give us um, – an insight into, you know, the Lamar Jackson number two ranking. You'd rather have him only after Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, I would. I personally would. Just because of Lamar's rushing upside, you know, I, I know that last year was kind of uh, it was a lost season for the guy, and I felt bad for him. But everything that he's shown us, He's been improving in every way. I know that his accuracy isn't top-notch, but you know what? He gets the job done. He was able to turn Marquise Brown into an extremely valuable um, wide receiver. And he also was able to keep Mark Andrews. He, Mark Andrews finished as, as tight end one, and that was actually without you know Lamar for most of the season. But it just goes to show that Lamar's arm is a little bit better than people give him credit for. And his rushing upside is going to just continue to flourish. They, The Ravens have one of the best um, rushing offenses in the NFL. So, you know, I just expect him to just continue to just get so many fantasy points throughout the year and just uh, keep that pace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't want to come off as a Lamar Jackson hater
0: uh, by any means, right? But
1: I had him at number seven. And the reason why I had him there was I don't think the guy can throw the football with any of the other elites that I had in the top 6. Now, I got him top 7. I mean, if we're talking you need a QB1, he's there and you're right. The ru- the rushing elevates him. Yeah. The reason why I had him at 7 is is first and foremost when I was thinking about these dynasty mm-hmm. rankings when we we're going over the wide receiver episode, when we we're going over the RB episode, from a running back perspective, I was looking two years out. Maximo was trying to project two years out because it's such an injury prone position. Projecting any more than two years out is folly, even if you're talking a guy like Jonathan Taylor. That's why I had some older guys in there, like a James Conner, et cetera, because I think they're set up for success the next two years. Mm. When we went to wide receiver, I bumped it up to three years, and I said, okay, yeah, there's certainly wide receiver churn. There's tons of talent coming in. Many more wide receivers get drafted every single year and come into the NFL than RBs. So, But more, more wide receivers are hitting the field, obviously, with three wide receiver sets and four wide receiver sets. So let me bump it up to three years. That's why I had some of the older guys, too, like Devontae Adams. I had a few 29-year-olds in my top 12. When we were talking about the quarterbacks for this episode, I went out to five years, and I said, let me project five years out who is still going to be elite. Now, I think the elite guys that are going to stay there are the ones we covered so far. The Allen, the Herbert, and the Mahomes, for sure. Why? All elite throwers and 300-plus yards on the ground. But 300-plus yards on the ground is not their primary Ability. Lamar Jackson to me is, I think we can project confidently as close as we can the wide receivers or the running backs. That's two to three years. The main reason being is he's 25 years old. He's been playing like this his entire life. This past season, we started to see the chink in the armor come through, we started to see the injury. I hope he recovers. I hope he you know, recuperates and, and, and heals this offseason and comes back strong and healthy. But if I'm depending on my quarterback to be a running back, I'm not projecting him to be able to perform at a high enough level for as long as I need in terms of the value that I need to invest in him to keep him or to trade for him or to draft him early in a dynasty format. 767 yards on the ground this, this past year. He missed a few games, as you said. It only went against uh, less than 2,900 passing yards on 16 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. He's not a good thrower of the football. So when the legs start to wear down, he's going to have to rely on his arm to remain under center for an NFL team.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't think he's got a good enough arm to actually to, to compete with the Mahomes and the Herberts and the Allens or these other guys that I have above him. Uh, on my list, above um, Lamar
0: at number seven. So yeah, but but can I say something? So just looking ahead. at stats, looking at the stats. So I know I know Lamar gets a really bad rap for his uh, his his inaccuracy, but I mean he's not that far behind um, Patrick Mahomes on the completion completion percentage for his career numbers. I mean, Patty Mahomes is sixty six point zero three completion percentage in his career, and Lamar is at 64.1 is that two percent that big of a difference it might be but you know it's not I don't think it's as crazy to think that he has the ability to continue to get better over the next few years because he is so young
1: yeah no you're you're not wrong if you look at it at a raw percentage um it's close it's also um directly correlated to the to the volume
0: between the two
1: guys as well
0: yeah that makes sense
1: I think, and I, I also think Lamar tries to take the more high percentage completion throws as well when he does, and I think that's because he's not as good of a downfield or under pressure into double coverage or over the top thrower as um, as a guy like Mahomes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that, and I, I understand that. And then, but then I also look at the flip side of it because. I mean, just from just going back into my memory bank, I mean, I seen him hit Mark Andrews and Marquise over the brown, over the top a few times, you know, and it just looked good. So yeah. I, I think I just have high hopes for the guy that maybe, maybe during off season uh, and and he continues to train, he'll just become better and better uh, throughout his career. Yeah, especially definitely. if he can't rush as much anymore. I
1: mean, you you gotta hope so. You gotta hope so it, it, because those legs are gonna go at some point. And mm-hmm. A team is gonna have paid him a lot of money, and he's gonna be on a contract, and he's gonna be out there. And if you're a fantasy owner, you're gonna be forced to use him. So you better hope that the the arm comes around. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I like that we don't see eye to eye, right? The the listeners can hear various viewpoints and, um, you know, take those under account with the decisions that they're making with their lineups or their trades. Absolutely. So, number five, let's move it right along. Number five, got Kyler Murray. He is in a tie for fifth with Joe Burrow. I add Kyler as my number four. You add Kyler as your number six. And we both had Joe Burrow dead nuts even at five overall so who do you want to start with Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow coming in at number five and six
0: uh you know I mean i well let's just start with let's start with Kyler since uh you had him ranked a bit a bit uh higher up on your rankings than I did but um you know I just think I have not been a Kyler Murray believer since the since the beginning you know um I, I, see love, I see we him. We love drama.
1: We love drama. Who's bringing? Yeah,
0: him? and it's not I, like I would love to have Kyler Murray on my uh, on my on my dynasty team. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see him as a um, solid quarterback in the NFL for that many more years. I just think that the defenses are starting to figure him out. You know, um, he's he's very undersized, so it's not like it's easy for him to uh, see over the line. So. With with that being paired with D Hop out last year, I don't know if we got really a full, um, you know, overview of how Kyler can do if he has his top weapons. But from last year, seeing Kyler, like I know he scored a lot of fantasy points, but I just don't love him as a NFL quarterback. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I kind of went the other way. I can see him under center for a long time. Um, he's twenty four years old. Uh, his fifth year option was actually picked up today. So that means at least two more years with Arizona. I think they sign him to a long-term contract. Uh, they're, they're going to push their chips to the center on Kyler Murray.
0: Yeah, I think they what are.
1: they need to do is they need to, they need to give him some help. Um, Christian Kirk walked, they re-signed AJ Green. He is, if you depend on AJ Green for more than 500 yards, you're fooling yourself um hopkins is going to be great for another year or two but he's getting old they they are another team who drafting a high rookie would would really really help kyler in terms of the future rondell moore's there but i think he had one of the lowest a dots i've ever seen Um, Hmm. and they need to open up his route tree and, and help kyler out you obviously saw last year He's very dependent on his mobility. His whole game is linked to his mobility. And that's just rushing upside. That's his passing as well because he creates a lot in the pocket. Even when he scrambles and doesn't run past the line of scrimmage, he's opening up things down the field. Once that Green Bay game happened where he hurt the ankle, it was really downhill. So if you look prior to that game, though, I mean, we're talking – very, very elite levels of production prior to the Green Bay downfall. We got a 33-point, 33-point. This is four-point pass and scoring. Uh, 18.5 points, 22 points, a down week against San Fran, great defense. Um, 14 points, 25, 21. I mean, those 25-plus points, they're enough to win you the week. Um, And then, you know, he he struggled a little bit down the stretch, nursing, nursing the ankle injury even after taking a few points off. But paired with Dehop leaving, I think there's some you know there's some reasons why it went the way it did. but you know when we talk about um, the difference between him and Lamar in my mind is he's not as dependent on the rush, even with missing this uh, I think same amount of games as last year, he only had four hundred rushing yards. I think he made a conscious comment prior to the season starting that they should be using his legs as a luxury, not as a necessity. And I think they really gave more to James Conner, more to Chase Edmonds last year. And we kind of saw that. So I saw Arizona maybe preserving those legs as opposed to, you know, what we saw in Baltimore. And maybe that was because they really didn't have many running backs last year using Lamar just as often as, uh, as they always have done. So Missing a few games, 24 touchdowns against 10 interceptions and almost 4,000 passing yards. He certainly would have been well above 4,000 had he played a a complete set of games. Um, Moving on to Joe Burrow, Turtle, give give us your thoughts on him.
0: Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be elite for the next 10 years as well. Um, I, I, I put him at the same category as Herbert, Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen and you know he is he's on a team with players that are still going to be be blossoming for the next few years I mean he's got Jamar Chase he's got T Higgins he's got Joe Mixon so I think he is as set up for success as you possibly can be and he showed such great leadership last year uh, leading the, the the Bengals to the Super Bowl so you know I I don't see anything but Clear blue skies uh, on his horizon for the next few years. And uh, he's another player that I wish I can get. But like I said, I'm getting quarterback blocked in our league. So it's very tough. <laughs> well,
1: well, I think with Joe Burrow, it's going to be a tale of what Joe Burrow are you getting. Because last year, and I was the Joe Burrow owner for, for more than half the season, it, it was a tale of two halves. In the first half of the season before the bye week, he had um, only a handful of games over 20 points. He had a 22-point outing against Jacksonville, a 22-point outing against Detroit, and a 26-point outing against Baltimore, and then he was around 20 flat against the New York Jets. So the only teams he went over 20 points against were the Jets the Jaguars and the Lions, aside from the Ravens, right? So three horrible defenses and then the Ravens. After the bye, they kind of took the training wheels off a little. He came out a little stumbling a little bit with tough games against Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, and LAC. Then he turned it on against San Francisco, had another down game, 12 points against Denver. But then this is what we remember because this is where the Super Bowl run started, A 38-point outing and a 35-point outing against Baltimore and Kansas City. That is what we remember is four touchdown games, um, Higgins getting 200 yards, Chase getting 200 yards and three touchdowns in your championship weekend, and and then he kind of rode off all the way to the Super Bowl. What you don't realize is, as an owner, he was not winning you any weeks, so... What is really going to make or break Joe Burrow as a top dynasty quarterback is if his end of season finish is more what the team decides to do moving forward as opposed to the very balanced mix-in type approach that they had for the majority of the season. And I'm telling you, it was more than 50%. We're talking 70% or more. Joe Burrow, you were just kind of okay with you know the number of of 20 point games was out of he played 16 games turtle he went over 20 seven times
0: yep I so see that
1: more, more than half the season you you weren't happy I mean 18 points is great for you if you are trotting out Derek Carr you're like oh that was a great week from Derek Carr if you're trotting out what we perceive to be a top six dynasty running back, you're expecting 20 plus point outings to be his average, right? So mm. I, I think I think he put on a great show at the end of the year. I ranked him as my number five because I think Cincinnati's smart enough to know that's what they have to do. They got the elite weapons that you obviously outlined, and um, I'm putting my bet on that's what they do, but but I will caution and caveat that by saying he has a very balanced even-handed coach. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it's more along the lines of of what we saw the majority of last season. Just
0: I get what you're saying. So you're you're saying just because be, because the Bengals are such a balanced attack, you're you're thinking that that's going to cap his upside on games?
1: Um that's what I'm seeing in the data. I think, you know, I think there's going to be a point where they're just going to have to unleash him, yeah. and that's why I got him at number five because I think whether it's this year or, or within the next two years, they're going to have to make that decision to do so, especially as Mixon ages. Um, no, you're right. right now. So my bet was a long-term one with, with Burrow. Even if it's not this year and, and Mixon stays a workhorse, ultimately there's going to be a let – burrow cook movement and and i think he has all the weapons in the world to cook but i just I, i'd caution against potentially banking on that in the 2022 season
0: that's fair that's a that's a that's a fine analysis i like that
1: all right so moving on we got number seven Dak prescott came in as my number six and as your number eight turtle so very very close in terms of where we view and value Dak prescott um why don't why don't you start us off with He's going to have a little bit new look wide receiver room. Um, we probably won't know the full look on the wide receiver room until after the draft. But uh, why don't you assess him as as your you know one of your top options at the QB position?
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's um, he's been doing it consistently the past few years. I know he had uh, an injury um, recently, so you know he was coming back from that, but he was able to keep at least two wide receivers relevant um, basically for most of his career. I mean, I know that uh, Amari leaving is going to open up a lot for CD Lamb. At least that's what I would hope for. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, the Cowboys are a rough organization. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, but I still see Dak as a pretty solid QB one for the next five, five, six years. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think it speaks for itself just because, you know, he, he's got the arm, he's got, he's got the, uh, I don't know if he's got the mobility so much, but he's got the arm, so I think he can definitely carry CD to be to at least a top, at least a top ten wide receiver. He can definitely carry at least a top ten wide receiver. Yeah,
1: I think he's going to. Um, I think he's going to run a little bit more in this upcoming season. So the season before, he had that really awful ankle break early on in the year, missed the rest of the year, or you know, ankle dislocation, uh, stress fracture, what have you. Um, so he was coming back off that this year, uh, as we know with those major injuries, it kind of takes you some some time to get your sea legs under you again. And then I think it was early on in the season, uh, prior to the bye week, he pulled his calf. So the calf it's it's a it's a really important muscle for all position groups, not just for you know running backs and wide receivers who are making a lot of cuts uh, and exploding off of that, but. Um, if you want to be a mobile quarterback or you want to have a lot of velocity in your throws you need to be able to plant well Um, so the calf injury I think really affected him but he still went out I mean like you said he he supported two high-level wide receivers they obviously they made a choice in the offseason to go gallop over Cooper um, and we'll see what that happens um, to to boil down to long term but I think they got to go – this is another team that I wouldn't be surprised with another high-level wide receiver pick reinforcements for Dak in the draft. Um, And he had a a really low 146 rushing yards and one TD. I think with his two injuries um, last year, a lot of that's explained. And I expect him, you know, being two years removed from the ankle and obviously over the muscle injury by next year, we're going to see a a mobile, more healthy Dak – and I think there's a, a big Cowboys fan in our league. And he said, you know, he, he, he doesn't roster Dak, but uh, he did say he could see Dak as being the MVP this year or, you know, being outside of the top 12. So th- maybe his range of outcomes is a little bit wider than many of the guys in the top six. But uh, at seven, if he can finish as the potential MVP of the league,
0: uh, it's it's a worthy risk to take. Yeah, you, the craziest part about Dak, too, is that the uh, Cowboys didn't spend so much draft capital on him back in 2016. I mean, he was around four pick. So, I mean, they must have done their research to know that he was going to be, um, you know, a franchise quarterback. Or I don't think they got lucky. I think Jerry Jones actually made a, a solid decision at that point. Uh, well, he
1: he's, doesn't have a great track record recently wide no, no. So, receivers, so hopefully he, uh, he gets Dak a good one this draft.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. All
1: right, the next one, you know, you may or may not like to talk about this guy when we talk about, you know, off-the-field stuff. But on the field, he's an undeniable talent. Deshaun Watson comes in as our number eight. And I got to admit, you know, we might look back on this ranking halfway into the season or at the end of next season and say, we were way too low on Deshaun. How, is he not, how did we not have him top three, top four, top five, whatever it is? I think number eight, though, is probably with everything that we know about his potential ability to be on the field this year kind of warrants this top 12 consideration and where we have him kind of in the top two-thirds feels appropriate to me because if he, if he sticks you with a six-plus game suspension, um, you know, it, it can really wreck your season depending
0: on when that suspension's handed down. Well, what, do you, what do you think, Turtle? Yeah, I mean Deshaun Watson before all the uh, the scandals, you know he was he was great. He uh, twenty nineteen he had twenty six touchdowns, twenty eighteen twenty six touchdowns, and then twenty twenty had thirty three touchdowns. So he's just been progressively getting better each year. I mean the year off might have a effect on him to start. I, I don't know if they're going to suspend him. It's hard to say at this point, but I think that he is guy that is worth rostering on your team because like we just said he has the qb1 upside like he can physically finish as quarterback one in all of fantasy um he's that he's that talented yeah
1: he he is he's elite i mean when he's on the field he is elite from a mobility perspective elite from a play calling perspective um and he, he's he got a big arm, he executes, he extends plays. He's got everything you want in terms of uh, franchise quarterback. So, you know, again, ignoring the off-field stuff and, and, and how gross it may feel to put him on your roster, um, if you do choose to, to to roster him, once he's back from any potential suspension, you're going to be very happy. Be plugging him in as your QB1, right? Despite, yes. our, despite him being ranked number eight in our rankings, um, he might have the best receiving unit that he's ever had um, because he really only played with D-Hop for two seasons. And, um, you know, not saying what Cleveland has as elite by any means, but uh, just having a viable number two or number three pass-catching option is going to be an upgrade on what he historically had.
0: Um, yeah, I agree with you. So the next question is, I know that Baker does not get into this top 12. What the hell is going to happen with Baker? Is he going to stay and, and be the Browns quarterback? Or what's going to happen? What's your take on that?
1: Uh, my take is that he doesn't suit up again. Um, I think the the teams that need a QB are going to let the draft play out and see what yeah. happens. And it's going to be very, very apparent, I think, after tomorrow, after the first round goes by, and we see what QBs are off the board, and you look around and you see, does Seattle have a QB? Does uh, Carolina have a QB? And I think there is your answer, and it's only a matter of time after that before we see a trade.
0: Yes, sir. You are correct.
1: All right. We got Russell Wilson as our number nine consensus quarterback. I have met number nine, and Turtle, you do too. We couldn't be more in sync in terms of letting Russ cook. This might be another one that we look back on the season and said, man, did we have him low. But, you know, at the same time, he's getting up there in age a little bit. He's the oldest guy we've talked about so far by quite a, a, a wide margin. He's 33 years old. Um, so, you know, much older than Watson, Prescott, Burrow, Kyler, Lamar, Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen. Uh, most of those guys by five plus years talk to us about russ he's now in a nathaniel hackett system um, who was previously with the green bay packers and he's got some great options at wide receiver i don't know if they're better than dk and tyler lockett but certainly maybe not as well i don't want to lead the witness is it does he have better weapons equal weapons or worse weapons than he had in his time
0: with seattle um i i I think that he has weapons that have the ability to become better than what he had on Seattle. Um, But you know, what's the craziest part is that Russell Wilson last year, it was his worst fantasy year in his whole career. Even his rookie year, he outscored um, what he did last year. So that's telling you a lot about, you need to know uh, regarding Seattle and what's going on there. Um, It's kind of crazy to think.
1: Yeah, last year we had the, he had the mallet finger injury. He missed a few games, and I think personally he came back too quick. Um, he looked horrendous. Huh?
0: Yeah, he missed two games, or, or three games, I guess or it was technically three.
1: Yeah, he rushed back. He he started, you know, playing poorly, uh, but but you know stuck it out. He's 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 a grinder. He's a trooper. But at the same time, you know, Seattle prior to that injury, historically they didn't let him throw. A crap ton um you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to to have him throw 25 times or less per game you know if you see that in the box score and you see him he was very efficient he was very efficient with with his throws i think he's going to be asked to throw a lot more in denver um and like i said this we could look back and say yeah maybe he plays for five years in this system and if we're looking at a five-year horizon who the heck cares Quarterbacks are playing later later and later into their careers. We should have had him top six. That might be another guy along with with
0: Watson. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to help develop um, Sutton and Jerry Judy and even Albert O. I mean, I know that he hasn't really historically carried a tight end or an elite tight end, but you never know what could happen in in this new Denver um, offense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving on to number 10, we have the same guy, Matt Stafford, come in as our number 10. Um, on each of our individual rankings, and obviously on consensus as well, um, just won a Super Bowl, right? So, um, why why'd you get Stafford into your top ten turtle
0: over some of the other guys? Same same reason as Russell Wilson. They're both the same age, I, I think, thirty three. Um, they both have at least, I'd say, five more years. I mean, if I, I'm going off of the, uh, it's 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 tough now because I'm going off of the Brady their Brady scale which I probably shouldn't be doing. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's 38, and he's still an extremely elite quarterback. So I just think that Stafford's five years younger than than Rodgers and 10 years younger than Brady, and, you know, he's got – He's got some really good football left. He's also paired with one of the best wide receivers in, in the NFL in Cooper Cup. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. So, you know, the Rams have a, have one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I just I just see uh, the sky's the limit for, for the Rams. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about drama for a little bit. We brought up Matt Stafford, right? I oh, think, boy.
1: I think you know where I'll take this. I, I know you, ne- you, you are one of the guys you'll never wish an injury on anybody. Yeah, but I bet you're hoping Stafford has a little bit of a poor season because you were hot for this guy. You had a trade accepted. You had a trade, you know, basically annulled. Yeah. And, um, then you were trying to go get this guy again, and he ended up going to I don't know your arch enemies team. Yeah. Uh, so t- t- talk t- talk to us a little bit about that for for people who aren't in the know.
0: Well, it makes me sad, first off. I mean, you know, we had a new guy come into the league. My main goal was to get Matthew Stafford off of him. Uh, our our league is a little is a little different because you have to ch- trade the same year's draft pick, so it has to basically be even. Basically what happened was I, I made the trade. I think I sent him Baker and then um, either a second or, or I don't even remember what the exact trade was, but I sent him – it was basically just going to be Baker and some picks for Stafford you know, and, uh, I ended up sending him a 2023 pick, but he was giving me a 2022 pick. So it nulled the trade. Mm -hmm. I went back to uh, the kid who I I made the original trade with. And I, I pleaded with him. I begged him. I said, please, like, let's just make this trade. Like, please don't, you know, screw me over on this. We already agreed to it. He's our lovely sound engineer, by the way. Um, he, um, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't go back on the trade and, and and you know make it fair because it got all up into the group chat. So everyone in the group chat was basically saying like, "Yo, you're you're screwing this kid over. Like, don't do this trade. Don't do this trade." So uh, I ended up not getting Matthew Stafford. So now That's- I am roll. I am rolling with Aaron Rodgers and Tua, which I'm not too mad about. But I would have rather had Stafford over Tua. Yeah.
1: And I, it started for a while. You were in the QB wilderness. Everyone started to to safeguard their QB you? and you. And obviously, you've you've since moved from having Fields and Daniel Jones and stuff like that to having a more respectable QB QB tandem. So I think you did well. Um, however, Stafford was finally just traded. I think within the past week to uh, you know to to one of your uh, nemesis in the league, one of one of the other contenders in the league. So
0: yes. He's very much in the other guy's ear, which definitely frustrates me. But, you well, know, what What are you, you going to do?
1: If we look across this top ten, though, if you had to bet on anyone possibly getting injured, you got to go with Stafford. He's just got a history of it. Um, and, again, that's not to wish anything on anyone, right? This is just – it comes down to he plays – even if he, pl- he plays a lot injured, you've got to give him that. He plays a lot injured, but – um, he does get injured a lot and then has to play through it. And I don't think it will be any different with L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, he'll battle ailments. He'll go out there. But, but you know, how effective does that make him?
0: Did as, I lose
1: you? you know, and, sometimes you just want your guy to be ruled out so you can put in this other guy who has a, a, a potentially higher ceiling on the week. Um, that's going to be hard to navigate with with someone who likes to play through
0: injury. Yeah, I, I do like Stafford though. I think that he's he's a very he's a great quarterback and he's carried he's carried receivers to some of the uh statistically greatest uh wide receiver years in, in recent history. So he does yeah. something right.
1: And he just won the Super Bowl, so he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's our dynasty QB number ten. We expect him to be playing um at a high level for uh quite a number of more years. Yep. All right, let's roll right into number 11 and 12 back-to-back here because they're tied at 11. Um, This is where we started to diverge. Uh, You had Jalen Hurts as your number 11. I had your new quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, as my number 11. I'll start with Tua. The reason why I had him ranked there is when we were going over the wide receiver dynasty uh, rankings, I had both Jalen Wall and Tyreek Hill in my top 12. How do you get – two top 12 receivers supported by a quarterback and not have them in your top 12. I can't do that math. I know you're going to be looking around at other folks, dynasty rankings, um, other, redraft rankings, all that other stuff. You're going to see Tyreek Hill high. You're going to see Jalen Waddle high. You're going to see Tua Tagovailoa low. Those are, That is a low intelligence analysis by those analysts. It doesn't compute. Either make a bold take and put one guy high, one guy low and Tua low. If you have both those guys high, the only person supporting them is Tua, and he's getting everything that goes to both of those wide receivers. So if we have a, a T. Higgins and Jamar Chase level situation on our hands or a, or a Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, all their QB is supporting two top wide receivers. Those guys are always your top 12. So – if it works out for those receivers, it's gonna work out for Tua. That's why I got him in my number eleven. I don't know. Maybe I'm the dumb one, Turtle. You tell me.
0: No, I'm very happy about that because I think that with the two with the acquisition of Tyree Kill, it's just gonna open the field up so much. Tua has been just given. He has not been given a fair shake. I mean, the guy came into the NFL with a severe hip injury. I actually just watched a video uh, today on Twitter showing his progression from last year to this year, and just his footwork. And just seeing that alone, I was it made me very excited to see because. You know he gets a he gets a really bad rap. Basically, everyone calls him Noodle Arm. You know, and I, I don't think that that's that's the case. He he's going to be able to uh, stretch the field now that he's got his uh, agility and speed back. And uh, we'll see what he does. We'll, we'll see what he does. I, I will be very happy if he's a top top 12 top 10 top 12 dynasty quarterback for the next few years because i got him so i'm wishing nothing but the best for the guy plus i want to i live i live in uh i live close to miami so if if they start doing well maybe i'll uh, invest in some uh season tickets for the dolphins
1: (laughs) there you go roll right into your analysis of jalen Hurts. keep keep it rolling with your number 11
0: yeah, I don't have too much analysis. All I can say is that the guy's got great rushing upside and he is going to produce fantasy numbers. Um, and that's what I was looking for in my, uh, top 12. I want someone that's going to be able to score 20 points with, with literally, uh, closing their eyes each week. And I think he's a guy that does that. Um, uh, not saying that I like the Philadelphia Eagles or I even, I don't even really like Devontae Smith so much, but I think that, um, I think that Jalen Hurts will, will make him relevant. And I think that because of his rushing upside, he's going to continue to put up big numbers each week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. If Jalen Hurts had first-round draft capital, yeah. he would he would have been in my top 12. The reason why I didn't is, again, I agree with you 100%. The guys, The guy can throw for 15 touchdowns on a year and still potentially be a top 12 quarterback because he is going to be putting up that rushing floor the problem is i don't know how long the philadelphia eagles are going to let him do that unless i agree yeah so i just said i looked at it again i want to look out five years and i want to be confident with those guys for all those five years that's just the way i personally took took this exercise and that's the only reason i had him out otherwise if it was a shorter time horizon if it was redraft for 2022 He's up there because he's got a very, very safe floor, and you, you get him on a week where he gets a few uh, pass and touchdowns as well, and you, you have a very, very weak winning quarterback on your hands. So Yes,
0: somebody's got to like, steal, somebody's gotta steal uh, Dallas Goddard away from Brian so he can be rolling out some uh, absolute shit tight <laughs> end. All right.
1: So, uh, so that's our top twelve. Again, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Hurts round out the top twelve. From our individual top twelve, if before we break, just talking about two more quarterbacks, um, it came in as my number twelve um, was Mac Jones. And number twelve for you turtle was Derek Carr,
0: yeah, and the reason I have Derek Carr there is because he 's still young i think he 's thirty one years old, and you know they have some great talent around them. I think that the more talented the skill positions are the the better the better uh, it 's going to be for the quarterback and Derek, Derek Carr you know he he showed some really good flashes last year, so we'll we 'll see what we 'll see what he can do this year, I think that Anybody that acquires Devonte Adams should have a boost in their um, fantasy numbers, just because yeah. that's how good Devonte is. So we'll see what Derek Carr can do, and hopefully he proves me right. Because I, I like I like the I like the Raiders. I like Devonte, and, and I do like Darren Waller if he stays on, on the Raiders.
1: I agree. I agree. I think Derek Carr's arrow was pointing up. Um, just didn't make my top twelve. But but he, if we went to fifteen, he would definitely been in the top fifteen. Mac Jones, and, and, you know, full disclosure, I am a Patriots fan. But, I mean, if we're taking emotion out of it, and, again, we're looking at just the statistics, Mac Jones, the fifth QB drafted last year, to me, he had the best rookie season. I mean, he was more consistent and uh, certainly brought his team to the playoffs, looked better on the field and more composed than Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, maybe he gets a mulligan because of that. Coaching staff he was under last year, um, Justin Fields. I mean, we don't even need a, to to start on that. We know that Chicago is just setting him up for ultimate failure. He's like being sacrificed as an offering to the
0: football gods, so they see you run. later, Pringle.
1: Yeah, and then you got um, Zach Wilson. Uh, I don't even know what they. It didn't even look like he practiced. It just looked like he went out there and turned <laughs> the ball around. And then, obviously, Trey Lance didn't see the field. So, to me, Mac Jones – and, again, I'm just looking at young guys who I think are going to be there producing at a high level for quite some time. I think he had a really, really good rookie season. Now, he wasn't prolific, but Belichick didn't ask him to be. And that type of offense, they build on it year over year. Brady wasn't allowed to throw 50 – and I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Brady. He wasn't allowed to throw no 50 times early on in his career. But I think they wanted to see what they had in Mac Jones. They saw that they had a leader. They saw a guy. He's not mobile. He's not going to be killing it on the ground, but he can make all the throws. He's very cerebral. He makes good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over. And I think they said, all right, we got a guy we can work with. Let's surround him with weapons now. Um, And I think they're going to make a play. I won't be surprised at all if um, they draft two wide receivers this draft. Um first round I'd love, but I'm not overly optimistic. But I think they definitely get one in the second and possibly in the third as well to we start giving him some talent at the receiver position higher than that of the Kendrick Bournes and the Nelson Aguilors of the world. Um we saw the offseason acquisition for Devontae Parker. I think he kind of walks in as the one. And, you know, that's not great. You don't you don't love to see it, but it might be the best wide receiver he's working with yet. And I think Turtle, if I'm not mistaken, you got John Lewis Smith. I'm kind of expecting a year or two bounce back from him. He came into a very complicated system, was kind of asked to do um, a little bit more of the move role, uh, which is is tough to pick up. And, and you've heard that time and time again that uh, the first year guys in the Belichick system, it, it's it's almost like um, you know a pass year. You know, it's right. you're, it's a red shirt season essentially. So. I'm expecting those guys to come back and Mac Jones to take a step forward. So um, that, that, that's, that's for me. I, I, I like Mac and, um, you know, hate me for it. So so I'll, I'll toss it over to you for final thoughts on, the, on that. You think I'm crazy?
0: No, I don't think you're crazy. I think any, any uh, offense that Bill Belichick's running, you know, the quarterback's usually pretty damn good. So um, Mac definitely showed great flashes, and he, 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 um, he's got the ability to keep growing um, I don't know if Devonte Parker is the, is the answer at the WR one position. I actually kind of like, uh, Jacoby Myers a little bit better, even though he's allergic to the end zone. Um, but they probably should be drafting a few, few wide receivers to get him some help and your Johnny Smith take. I love it. I hope that's the case because it'd be nice to have a, a, a nice, uh, extra tight end on my bench. Oh, okay.
1: All right, guys. Well, that is our top twelve, and then you got a few bonus guys at thirteen and fourteen there that made our individual top twelves. Um, looking forward to getting this out there on the on the podcast and getting some clips on social media, and, and, and love your feedback as it comes. Um, but turtle, any any final things you want to say before we sign off for the night?
0: Matt, you are so great at analytics. You uh, you are just killing it, and I, I respect your um, hustle with uh, with all of this, and, and I look forward to just continuing to grow this thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited, I think, as we said at the start, about the tiers. So keep an eye out on, on when we drop the tier section. Um, Turtle, you're going to be working on that with me. We're going to let the draft go by. We're going to have some fun, um, you know, uh, we'll be on the socials and all that, but we'll record a pod probably early next week. Uh, we got to talk tight end top 12. We want to talk some of the dynasty changes, risers, and fallers as a result of the draft, so we'll we'll, we'll spend some time breaking that all down, but uh, we're going to have a fun weekend. We're going to enjoy this draft class. We'll, we'll have, be having fun on the socials, but then we'll hit it hard again next week, uh, bringing you guys some good content um, here on Colin and and on the the apple podcast and spotify as well so appreciate it turtle appreciate your hustle you'll be going hard on the socials and uh working up some some uh merchandise mock-ups as we look to get some swag going for our fans and some giveaways and whatnot um but yeah you know appreciate everything you're doing too let's uh let's keep grinding
0: absolutely appreciate you guys
1: All right. Thanks for uh, those that, that listened in today.
0: Appreciate that as well. And we will catch you again next week.